Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to the most extreme and a of violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Three Way Dance, our journey through ECW's history. I am JT. Joining me, as always, are my friends here, Matt and Jenny. How are you guys doing? Uh, very extreme, as is uh, you. That's just how I live my life, really. Mm. Don't we all? We're all just the most extreme. Incredibly extreme. And we're going to talk some incredibly extreme action tonight. We are uh, moving our way pretty much out of the uh, ap- stratosphere, atmosphere of Barely Legal now. We're about five weeks removed from that show. So we're really starting to focus on the summer of ECW and, of course, heading into pay-per-view number two, which is going to be coming up before we know it. So let's see what happens here. We, we had a couple of new feuds, you know, spark up over the last few, four weeks leading up to mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, nothing too serious, though. And uh, some of our stars were kind of in and out. We wanted to give it that month to say, okay, like they were kind of off schedule at the pay-per-view. Let's see now. Now that we have another arena show in our back pocket, are we going to get back to kind of more standard TV format and uh, Mm -hmm. some new feuds and stuff? So let's dive in. May 13th, 1997. We open with highlights from a Pitbulls versus Shane Douglas and Bam Bigelow tag match at the ECW arena. The crowd is hot as the Pitbulls mow through Douglas. Francine got involved, so out comes Rick Rude. Carries her upside down, her dress comes down, and we cut there from the clips, and we get our opening animation. Joey's then in the ring. The crowd is amped up. He brings out Rude to a pop. He's decked out in a sports coat. It does some gyrating. <laughs> uh, quite the addition here, a lot of airtime. Rude says he's been hungry lately because he knows he can get anything he wants at Francine's restaurant. And the black Angus is juicy and tender, but the red snapper is a little fishy. Joey's just kind of <laughs> like caught between loving this and, and you know, being shell-shocked. Rude tells Shane not to worry because he gives Fran a really big tip. Rude says it was a pleasurable dining experience and just another way to fuck with the franchise, Jenny. What do you think of all this? It was good. It was fun. Like, when he first showed up to work, he was wearing a T-shirt and jeans. So I am mm-hmm. glad that he, he did get a little bit spiffed up 
Um, maybe Joey took him to the side and told him <laughs> to dress up. But I, it was it was dumb and crude and funny, and I liked it. Uh, I, I like to think that uh, me watching this was a lot like Joey Styles. I, I was somewhere yes. between between shocked and laughing and uh, uh, what the fuck did he just say on a television show? Uh, yeah, uh, dear Lord, the red snapper is a little bit fishy. Good yeah. God, you're on television, sir. Have, have some damn decorum. And then giving Francine a really big tip. <laughs> My God, these, these body jokes. Very <laughs> body. My God. <laughs> Scandalized, you are. Yeah. Incredibly very body. Very rude. Very rude. <laughs> All right, Joel. Speaking of rude, Joel Gerner's in Hype Central. Of course, we get more back and forth with him and Rude here. Joey then recaps the Taz Sabu match of Barely Legal, plus the post-match happenings. Tonight we have a dream partner tag match as RVD has selected Sabu and Candido has picked Taz. Rude says there's rumors that Van Dam has had his fingers in Frito Candido's cookie jar or nookie jar. <laughs> Joey says we will have uh, also see Dreamer battle Louis Spicoli tonight, the war that started with a hand gesture, with Louis saying hi to friends in other places, which pissed off Dreamer, so he broke his hand uh, instead. A very childish response, but that's what happened. <laughs> Frito Candido. Uh, we go to the ring as Tommy Dreamer is taking on Louis Spicoli. Spicoli has the cast on. He saunters out his heel swagger fully on display. Louis is dressed like Tommy and does his pose, doing the hick, uh, click hand gesture as well. Rude is horny for Beulah, as always, as Tommy comes out ready to end the suit already. Tommy goes to punch Louis, but hurts his hand on the cast, and then Louis smashes him with it. Louis unwraps the cast, and we see it was loaded as he gets to work. Louis power slams Tommy and slugs away while doing the click symbol. Louis kicks Tommy out of the railing, out into the railing. Louis slugs away and Tommy's bleeding now as Louis uses a chair, shoots Tommy inside and hammers away. Tommy comes back with a bulldog, puts Louis in the tree of woe and punches him in the balls and then drop kicks a chair into his face. Louis's bleeding as Tommy punches at the cut, rips at the clothes. Tommy shoots Louis into the railing and dumps him into the crowd and smashes him with a chair. Tommy crotches Louis on the railing and knocks him off with a chair and shoots him inside. Tommy goes up top, but Louis crotches him and tries to superplex. Tommy blocks it, knocks him down and hits a high cross body, but Louis rolls through for two. Louis hits a clothesline and loads the DVD, but Tommy counters and tries a DDT of his own. Louis counters out to a northern light suplex. Tommy gets two on a Russian light sweep, and Louis follows with a spine buster. Pretty good back and forth series there. Tommy counters another DVD with a Enziguri and picks up the win. Louis then knocks Tommy outside, hits a DVD on Beulah uh, in a nasty bump, and he does the click si signal as he's doing it. And he takes off. A uh, pretty good match. I thought the counters were on point. It really felt like an empty the tank type of war and a blood feud. Uh, really gritty and hard fought. The crowd was into it as well. Uh, and of course, the post match was pretty brutal. Uh, Louis' heel turn has worked well. It's keeping Tommy busy and elevated him up the card a bit. And it looks like this is going to continue. So I went two and three quarters, Matt. I enjoyed it as a match and as an angle. I'm right there with you. Two and three quarters for me to uh, really fun brawl, uh, bloody brawl. Uh, Louis was a mess <laughs> during this match. He's just bleeding all over the place. Tommy, I, I thought I really liked the opener where opening where Tommy just gets cut open almost immediately with the cast. I thought that was great showing just how how vicious Louis is and how he really wants to just beat the shit out of Tommy. Uh, I thought that was really uh, well done. I, I thought the finish was kind of out of nowhere with the Enzigiri. I thought that was a little weird. But uh, it ended up being fine overall. So fun match. Uh, definitely, I think, the best Louis has looked in a while. And uh, Louis giving Beulah the uh, the uh, Death Valley driver after the match was rough. Just real brutal. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, 
Louis continues to be on this great run that we're seeing him on. So, uh, yeah, two and three quarter, Jenny. I don't know what I was expecting out of uh, heel Louis, but uh, the Tommy Dreamer cosplay was pretty smart. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, a true gimmick that he's trying to do or if he's just doing it to fuck with Tommy in this mm-hmm. one particular match. Um, I did like the detail of Tommy ripping his pants. Um, he finishes the match uh, with the, his boxers hanging out, poor Louie, and his face covered in blood. But I really did like this match. It was a lot of chair-based offense, which is fine, um, including a sick chair kick to the face uh, to Louie in the corner. Um, it heated up towards the end. like it was The pace was good, but I thought the end was the best part. Um, yeah. Uh, just the grittiness towards the end and um, Louis just being real dirty with that uh, DVD to Beulah. So mm-hmm. I did two and three quarter stars as well. All right, we come back with a replay of the DVD and then Joey and Ruder in the nest. We get a bit shaken up by what just happened and how quickly the violence has escalated between Spicoli and Dreamer. Rude says Louis went beyond extreme. You don't do that to a woman. And that if Tommy doesn't kick his fat ass, maybe Rude will do it himself. Joey says we have a full-blown war now, and Rude makes a Bischoff joke. A big heel push for Louis. We get a highlight package of various ECW stars in action set to This Is Extreme. We then get the Rude cam, takes us backstage, where Tommy's fighting a bunch of wrestlers that are circling Beulah on a stretcher, including Funk, who begs Tommy to let them get her to a hospital. Joey and Rude rejoin us and are downtrodden about Louis' actions. Rude says, Louis is thinking, what have I done? And what could be coming next? Gertner's back. He takes more shots at Rude. Says, Rude is beaten out for a cameo on Thunder in Paradise by that thespian <laughs> for Rito, James Nightheart. <laughs> amazing line. <laughs> he goes on from there with more random jokes, and it goes on a few beats too long. He strips again. It's just a weird feud. I do, as funny as some of these are, like, we're definitely spending way too much time on these antics with Gertner mm-hmm. and Rude. Uh, Joey and Rude are disgusted by the strip tease, and Rude says Gertner has a D-sized cup. Um, Matt, any thoughts on this whole stretch of stuff here? Yeah, uh, I'm with you on the uh, the uh, Rude Gertner stuff. It, like I said last episode, it, it's a bit too much. Like uh, I'm fine with Rude when he's doing this stuff with Joey in between, but like we really don't need him feuding mm-hmm. with another announcer. Like if he's gonna stay as an announcer, just keep him as an announcer. He doesn't need to feud with another announcer. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just it's a little too much to me. Um, uh, we, at one point when the root cam was following dreamer, we saw Terry Funk, uh, our world champion who we have not seen uh, pretty much mm-hmm. at all since barely mm-hmm. legal. So kind of weird that the first time we see him is in a, a backstage segment where he's trying to calm down Tommy dreamer. So, uh, yeah. I had that note too about, Oh, there's Funk. He's just hanging around, uh, in the backstage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, at least really, he's at least at this show. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't want to sound immature, <laughs> but I don't know. I like them kind of bickering. I like. Hmm. I, it's funny. I think we're just like it's probably just too much time. It, it probably is. Right. I mean, but it's fine. Like, I don't know why Joel's face is always dirty. Um, <laughs> but i enjoy his his quips you know and he's like in this somber moment joey and and rick are um you know trying to (laughs) 
be a little bit quieter and Joel doesn't give a fuck. He's just in there with all his jokes. So I don't know. He's 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 kind of growing on me. God dang it. All right, let's go back to the ring for our big dream tag match as Chris Candido and Taz take on Sabu and Rob Van Dam. Candido wants revenge in RVD. He's got a hell of a tag partner. Taz's vibe and his entrance, of course, is still great. The announcer reminds us that RVD is looking to relocate to Stanford or Atlanta. And RVD cuts in and say, definitely not this shithole of Philadelphia. <laughs> Rude says he thinks the whole trip with the Red Sox, especially Francine. We start with the four brawling immediately around ringside. Candido and Sabu head in and trade some strikes into a Sabu slingshot clothesline and leg drop. Candido comes back with an enziguri to rattle Sabu. Taz starts barking for a tag. Candido flips him off and they argue. Sabu comes punching back into clothesline for two. Backdrops Candido up over the post to the floor. Meets him with a baseball slide and throws him into the railing. Sabu slides in and wants to do a triple jump dive, but Fonzie blocks him and tends to get Taz instead. Sabu ignores him and tries it anyway, but Candido moves and he hits the railing. Candido hits a sledge off the apron as Taz comes in and starts beating on RVD without the tag. Taz dodges a spin kick, but RVD hits a double underhook gourd buster and follows with a frog splash. Taz eats a boot on a charge, and RVD gets a sunset flip for two. Taz bounces up, and it's a Tiger Taz plex. Sabu tags in, and we're off and running. They circle each other and start throwing bombs right away, the first time on free TV. Sabu blocks a German with a low blow, counters with a T-bone of his own. Taz no-sells and pops up, and it's his own T-bone to a big pop. Sabu's wobbly and falls into a tag. Fonzie is nonstop with this fucking whistle, uh, but I guess mm. it adds to the chaos, but it's nonstop. Candido tags himself in. RVD bails to the floor as Rude says RVD is okay getting into it with Candido's old lady. Sabu takes Candido down and hits a springboard somersault leg drop for two. Sabu is the triple jump moonsault, but the chair breaks as he leaps and he lands hard on his head. Mm. The, the crowd chance you fucked up, but it really wasn't his fault. Mm-mm. The chair broke. Right. Taz wants to tag, but Candido batters Sabu and drop kicks Sabu and tries a springboard dive. Sabu punches back, but Candido hits a swinging neckbreaker on the chair, but he misses a diving headbutt and smashes his face on the chair. RVD comes in, but Candido mows him down with a clothesline and slugs away. Sabu comes in without a tag and crotches Candido on the top rope. Sabu and RVD beat on him. Taz comes in and hooks RVD in the Taz mission, but Sabu breaks it up with a top rope leg drop. Taz chucks Sabu with a hard ways Taz plex and crotches RVD on the top rope. Candido loads up RVD on the top, but Fonzie comes over and hits three low blows, and RVD hits a superplex. Taz keeps battering Sabu in the corner as Francine shows up and wraps a chain on Candido's hand. Candido and Taz argue as Taz doesn't want to use the chain. RVD throws a chair at Candido, but he ducks and Taz catches it. RVD then hits a spin kick into Candido, bangs back into Taz into the chair. It all looked really awkward. Mm-hmm. RVD goes up top, but Candido dodges a kick. Taz folds RVD with a German. Candido covers, but Fonzie spikes a chair on Candido to break up the cover. Fonzie celebrates, but Taz grabs him and loads a T-bone. But Sabu makes a save and clips his knee. Sabu and RVD hit a double-team spot, but Taz rolls outside. Sabu hits Candido with a springboard leg drop, but Candido reverses a whip and shoots RVD to a chair that Sabu is holding and then hits a German for the win in a very surprising finish as he pins mm-hmm. RVD clean. Taz and Sabu fight to the back as this goes on. Uh, a really fun match, Jenny. I think, I think it was well-worked. There were some sloppy spots, as you'd expect, with RVD and Sabu involved, but the crowd was hooked and the flow was great. Taz is on fire and a really big win for Candido, uh, beating RVD with a wrestling move in a strong main event that pushes along our story. So I thought this clicked really nicely by the end and ended up going three and a half. I would mostly agree with that. Um, Sabu looks amazing. He's wearing lavender and green. And I, I thought all this was just a little off. And 
I think it's supposed to be like just because Candido is wild. Um, you know, Taz is barely holding back from <laughs> Sabu. You know, like I-, I wondered at the structure of the match how they were going to keep Taz from just saying fuck all this and just going after Sabu, which mm-hmm. he does a pretty good job at at not doing that and keeping his hatred within the confines of the match, if that makes sense. Um, waiting for his tags, you know, <laughs> shit like that. But when he's unleashed, he's really, you know, brutal, which is good. Um, it just shows, like, all his focus. Um, RVD, I felt like he was real sloppy in this, though. I feel like he missed a bunch of stuff that he normally doesn't. Um, sort of a shaky match for him. Um Sabu is Sabu and all over the place. He's fine. And I did feel bad for him <laughs> for that you fucked up chant. Um, and at the end, Sabu saves Fonzie from getting destroyed by Taz. And I was very fucking upset by that, which is why I knocked it a little bit. Because I really wanted somebody to kill Fonzie. It's time for Taz to get his hands on Fonzie. Okay? So I need to see that very soon. I went three and one quarter stars. Matt. Uh, I, I went three and a half on this, like JT. Uh, I, I, the thing that really struck me about this match was the pace. I mean, they just keep going nonstop. I, I thought the pace was fantastic. And there was a lot of great moves to it, too. I mean, Taz, Taz, I, I think, uh, hit more suplexes in this match than he has in any other match. I mean, he's just he's I think he threw everybody at least 10 times in this match with some form of mm-hmm. uh, head and arm Tazplex, T-bone Tazplex. I thought Taz was uh, fantastic in this match. Uh, the chair giving up on life on poor Sabu mm. and Sabu crashing to the mat was uh, brutal. <laughs> Sabu crashing to the it was just it looked real rough. Like it looked like he might have broken his shoulder or something just really bad. Uh, I liked that Taz was uh, yelling at Candido for the entire match on the apron. Like every time Candido was uh, doing something in the ring, he was obviously fucking up because Taz was mad at him. I thought that was a, a great touch showing that even his partner is not uh, mm-hmm. not immune to Taz. Is anger, so I thought that was great. And uh, like you, I, you guys, I did think RVD eating the pin was a little weird, especially you know, given where this storyline is going and all, all that. Like, I, I don't know, uh, maybe just have RVD pin Candido. I mean, I know Candido's in the triple threat, and you don't necessarily want to job him out either, but uh, of the know. three, you do, right? I mean, of ex- the four, exactly. yeah. Well, he feels like he's the guy there to to lose if <laughs> of oh, yeah. the triple right. threat, like the guy that could and, take the pins. Right. Especially so. with that fucking suplex, though, it looked good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So I, I mean, I I really like the match. So uh, three and a half for me, and, and uh, the best match we've seen probably since barely legal. So. Oh, easily, yeah. Mm-hmm. After a break, RVD is ranting about working his ass off in front of these losers and then getting pinned. <laughs> he says this wouldn't happen if he worked where he belonged, and everyone knows it. He doesn't belong in front of 1,200 drunk idiots. He has millions of fans that want him. And all these marks can see the difference between RVD and the rest of ECW. He could work for any promotion in the world. The crowd then sings the goodbye song loudly. And RVD says, it's not a joke. He's not joking as we fade out. This is great. RVD keeps crushing it. Yeah, he, he's on he an unbelievable he's on an unbelievable tear right now. Again, is he leaving for real? <laughs> is it- we'll find out, I guess. Okay. He is, uh, I think he's my favorite part of the show right now. Uh, I mean, I always love Taz, but I think mm-hmm. he's, he's been, yeah. awesome. 
All right, that's it for episode one here. Uh, best match, I went with that main event, obviously. Yep. yep. Worst match, uh, Dreamer Spicoli, which was still really good. So kind of. Yeah. Uh, best moment, I went this DVD on Beulah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna go with the red snapper line. <laughs> I gotta. Uh, I went with the Death Valley driver. <laughs> okay. No, you didn't. You're a liar. <laughs> Why would I lie on this podcast? I would never. <laughs> Most nineties. one with any guts. I get it. <laughs> Most nineties. I went with the uh, Thunder in Paradise reference. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thespian from Rito, James Lightheart. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, stock rising on with Rude, Spicoli, and Candido. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. And falling on with Gurner and Fonzie's whistle. Yes. God, yes. Probably put Beulah on that list, too, considering she yeah, almost died. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, she did almost die. Uh, all right, final grade. I, I like this episode a lot. It's a nice bounce back. The bounce back we were hoping for, really, um, after the tough you know, follow-up follow up from Barely Legal. This really delivered. The main event ate up most of the show, and it was a great match. So I went 7 out of 10 on this. I'm right with you. 7 out of 10. Yep, same. We we were due an episode of the, like this, so mm-hmm. thank God it happened. <laughs> right, let's go forward to week two, May 20th, 1997. We open with clips of Shane Douglas versus Chris Chetty from Buffalo. And Rude, of course, making inappropriate comments about Francine as usual. <laughs> Douglas peppers Chetty with strikes and heads up top, but Chetty crotches him. It's a top rope superplex for two. Chetty gets a flurry of clotheslines for two, follows a swinging neckbreaker for two. We then get a flurry of counters into a Chetty sidekick and tries a double springboard moonsault, but Shane dodges and finishes him with a belly-to-belly. Uh, so we didn't really see much of a, of a match here, just kind of clips, but I really like that closing sequence, Matt. Uh, I thought Chetty looked good, and Shane stays, of course, and escapes. And I kind of like these little cold openings where we get, like, highlights of a match that we're not going to see uh, just to show us what's going on. Yeah, uh, I think it was definitely the best that Chetty has looked since we've seen him. I, I thought he uh, held his own against Shane here, but I... I, I will say, and I know Shane is kind of feuding with Rude at this point still, but I feel like he needs to feud with someone he can actually wrestle in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like like I, I feel like we're kind of doing this weird, uh, I, I don't want to say aimless, but it, it feels like Shane should be doing more, especially considering right. he's the TV champ. So uh, hopefully that remedies itself soon. But I, I enjoyed what we saw of this. Yeah, it really feels like we're trying to find... Um... Like, what's the next thing for Shane? Like, we still got the pit bulls. Are they done? Like, he's really been married to them for a while. So he's, you know, we're looking for something new here. So, uh, Jenny, your quick thoughts on the open? Uh, the first words in the episode are, I hate her, in a shot of Francine. <laughs> <laughs> it was very attention-getting uh, <laughs> during the first part of this. So, I, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, it, it looked very sweaty. Sweaty Chetty. Uh, he he was God. he was really going with Shane in this as as well as he could. So, um, interested to see what's ahead for Shane. Get our opening animation that Joey Styles and Rick Rude welcome us into the debut of ECW in Buffalo. They reference Rude's past interactions with Kathy Lee Gifford as part of the discussion here. Nice. We have another Dream Tag Partner match tonight as Dreamer and Raven will be involved. And then we have an update on RVD to come as well as Taz, who's more miserable than ever. <laughs> and uh, he's going to take out that misery on poor Spike Dudley in our opening match. Right. Taz comes out to a pop. Spike's waiting in the ring. 
Rude makes more Francine comments as Taz takes down Spike easily and releases. Taz works the arm, but Spike counters and they trade holds until Taz slams him. Taz hammers away, but Spike hits a drop kick and then hits a top rope plancha on Taz to the floor. Spike keeps the attack on in the ring, but Taz blocks a float over and mashes with an Alabama slam. Spike tries to punch his way back in and tries for a backslide, but Taz counters and rams him with a clothesline. Taz steps through a waist lock and it's a released German Tazplex and Spike flips all the way over in a nasty bump. Spike floats out of a back suplex, hits a low blow and gets a couple of roll-ups and a swinging bulldog for two. Taz blocks a second bulldog and slams Spike down hard and then wrecks him with a T-bone and judo throw. And after a little flurry from Spike, he finishes him with the Taz mission as Rude makes a Marv Albert joke. Uh, fun semi-squash here for, as usual for Taz. Spike was game. Kind of the perfect guy. He's got some decent offense but can also bump like a maniac. Taz is a machine, Jenny. Keeps rolling on. I went two and a half stars. I said... Fuck it. I'm going three stars on this match. So, because I got serious Mikey Whipwreck vibes from mm-hmm. Spike mm-hmm. in this. He He's smaller, obviously, but he, I don't know, maybe it's the orange shirt, but he just, he really, he has been winning me over over the past couple episodes. And during this match, I don't know, I just, I thought he was really low-key great, like, it would be easy to just like know that Taz is going to destroy you and wrestle appropriately, but he wrestles to win the match. Like he legit tries. And really I thought that the effort was on point and I thought Taz really worked with him. I thought they had good chemistry. Um, and I don't know. I, I, it, it makes me miss Mikey a whole lot, Matt. Yeah, uh, I'm at two and a half on this, too. Uh, can Taz wrestle Spike every week, please? Uh, like, it's so uh, fun, right? I, I just want to see Taz throw Spike around the ring for five minutes <laughs> each and every week uh, for the rest of my life, because that sounds great. I mean, it, like you said, Spike was game to be thrown around like a fucking rag doll, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what Taz did. I mean, Taz just killing him with suplexes, and that wheelbarrow slam was sick. Uh, yeah, uh, just a ton of fun. Uh, I could not imagine uh, really doing anything in overalls, but especially wrestling. That's <laughs> not, that seems very uncomfortable. I, I, I don't know why you would willingly want to do that, but uh, yeah, uh, super fun showcase match for Taz. So two and a half. A singlet doesn't look too comfy either, you know, really. Yeah, but I, I, it's more of a, it's the denim that I think really <laughs> just, uh, Yeah goes places that it don't belong. <laughs> Joey and Ruder in the nest. They reset with more talk about Douglas and Francine, who Root says needed mouth to blouse resuscitation. <laughs> when he gets the lengthy highlights of the action here in Buffalo in front of a hot crowd, Root puts over the eliminators as we go to break. We come back. Candido's backstage. He says RVD went to Raw to get close to his girl, and he's an asshole. Rude says RVD is flying the ECW coop to WF, but he should bring KY Jelly because that's going to be rough for him there. Raven is backstage. He says Morrison, Joplin, and Cobain never sold out. But in the 90s, it's the trend to sell out to corporate America. And one of the ECW superstars has abandoned the promotion to wrestle on Raw. When someone who gets lifeblood from ECW leaves to corporate financial gain, why would RVD do it? Uh, Matt, any quick hits on those couple of bits before we get to our big uh, next section here? 
uh, the KY Jelly line from Rick Rude, uh, continuing the streak of Rude saying uh, uh, things that uh, are the sole reason why every episode of ECW TV now has a TVMA uh, <laughs> yes. slideshow thing in front of it before the episode starts starts on Peacock. So, uh, yeah, we continue that trend. And uh, uh, Raven also men- mentioning uh, all people from the 27 Club. So uh, neat little neat little touch. There was Raven 27 during this. It would would have been my questions so yeah uh that probably seems right i'll check quick how about you jenny thoughts is is roots commentary really that over the top where it needs a tvma rating like i mean i would, I would think I, that'd I, be I, more for the violence but i don't know i think when you factor in what year it was mm-hmm. that it was 1997 like now it would have been fine but I think when you factor in, it was 1997, uh, even though it was probably on at two in the morning somewhere. Like, I, I think, yeah. uh, again, in a in a uh, move designed to cover their ass, I think <laughs> they just, you know. Yes, Paul Heyman's very smart. Uh, during one of those clips, it showed Louie pushing Tommy Dreamer down an entire set of bleachers. <laughs> yes. I was like, what? Where's that match? Can I please watch that? Cause I like watching shit like that. So that that very much uh, took my attention, and um, I I like all the shitting on RVD uh, for for his blatant attempts to leave the promotion. We're about to get a lot more of it here in uh-huh. the next section. Uh, Raven was thirty three during this time period, so uh, close enough. Not quite. Yeah. All right, it is time for Pulp Fiction. We haven't had one of these in a while. Um, all right. And this is all very RVD-based. The Pitbulls call RVD for selling out and wanting Sabu as well. Sandman smoking a cigarette. He says RVD, uh, he tells RVD he'll give up cigarettes and become sober if he gets a chance in the ring with him for five <laughs> minutes. Fonzie says he loves music, man. He helped him get clean. And he comes to ECW and hears Sandman drink a beer. Terry Funk says the title means so much to him. He thinks RVD going to New York means he gives away the freedom that ECW and visuals have. He became one of the hundred products Vince put out. He thought RVD had the talent, but he will just get lost in the shuffle. Douglas says if RVD wants to play in McMahon land, WDF stands for We Want Franchise, but they can't have him, so they took RVD instead. Spike stomps around saying he thinks it sucks. Spicoli says if RVD ever goes to WDF, he should say hi to Sean and Hunter for him, and he puts up the click symbol. <laughs> Tommy says RVD's a traitor. There's a whole new set of rules. When they kill you in ECW, it's quick, but WDF it's slow when the hit comes, and they never expect it. RVD has sold out. Joel Gurner brings in the Dudleys. Bubba says RVD is a piece of crap. He doesn't know what kind of ass-kicking he has coming. Funk is also a piece of crap. And Sandman's a drunk piece of crap. The Pitbull's a crap from Philly. The Gangster's a crap. Eliminators are crap that stole their belts. And Dreamer's the innovator of crap. If RVD wants to be surrounded by crap, he could just stay at ECW. The Eliminators are pacing and Saturn is mumbling about RVD selling out for the company that they bleed and the arena that they fill. FBI are sweating through cardio. They bicker about RVD's decision and say he could never be a Paisan or a Goomba. Then they bicker about their FBI shirts. Rich thinks they're talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> he doesn't know what Monday night means. And he asks if he wants to be on TV with Gordon. So like, it's amazing stuff. Uh, he's, he's so confused. He's like, wait a minute. What's Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> we see Beulah in her neck brace. She says RVD has a lot of heat in the company that she has busted her ass for. Beulah says, he, uh, Ball says he's going to bash RVD's head in. Todd Gordon says RVD's a shrewd businessman and everyone wants to kick his ass. But RVD is now suspended indefinitely so a long segment but a lot of time invested in the storyline and rvd to paint him now as a pariah within the world of ecw 
Wow. That was like legit half the episode was them just roasting <laughs> RVD. Um, I kind of loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, so Bubba Ray had this Adidas jacket on. I don't know if you guys noticed it. Like a red, black, and white Adidas jacket. Mm-hmm. ECW. I really like it. shows up several times in the episode. I really like that jacket. It's got to be like somewhere that you could buy. I, I really want it. Yeah, um, I would imagine. But of my, I don't know who you guys like the most, but mine was Saturn. Because it was like, look, I don't give a fuck what RV. <laughs> <laughs> and he was pacing. Uh, he looked amazing. So all of that was great. Did somebody say Rob Van Ham at one point during there? Mm-hmm. I forgot okay, who good. it was, but someone did say it. I liked that, and I liked confused-ass Tommy Rich. <laughs> oh, the FBI were awesome in that. Yeah, yeah. that was so great. Uh, and then even Todd Gordon comes in to, to just hammer the nail and uh, suspends RVD after just fucking him in the ass for half an episode. So uh, after watching this episode, I rewound it and watched it again and timed it out. Uh, it, this segment was literally 10 minutes long. <laughs> it's 10 minutes of just everybody on the roster from top to bottom, including Chris Chetty. <laughs> shitting on when Chris Chetty is shitting on you, you've mm-hmm. done fucked up. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, awesome. it, it was uh, something. It was something great. Uh, Tommy Rich, give Tommy Rich a live microphone every week, please. Uh, who are we talking about, JCPD? <laughs> <laughs> Just incredible, but yeah, this, this this sure was something. All right, Joey rooted back in the nest. Joey says RVD is taking advice from Jerry Lawler, a guy in tights and a crown, and now has breached his contract as he showed up to wrestle on Raw and he's been suspended without pay. Rude Hypes are a big dream tag coming up next, which features Raven and Stevie Richards taking on Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. What? Ra- Raven has picked Stevie as his dream partner. So uh, Raven has a young blonde girl and some slackers picking his nose alongside him. Dreamer <laughs> and Beulah saunter out. She's still got her neck brace on. Todd Gordon's in the ring. He sets the stage for the picks to be made. Tommy goes first and he brings out Terry Funk to a pop. Funk is without his belt as he ambles out. Raven picks Stevie and the BWO music fires up and out comes Stevie slowly. Richards and Dreamer start off and ease through some control holds as Raven gives Stevie advice over the mic. Root compares Raven to David Koresh. Raven talks to Stevie, but Stevie shoves him away. Stevie kicks Dreamer like Raven said and then slugs away, but Tommy chops back. Funk tags in and we get some back and forth as well. Both guys using caution of resetting. Tommy and Funk double up Stevie, and Tommy takes over, hitting a delayed suplex and tries to push Stevie to tag Raven, but Raven drops to the floor. The quick tags and offense on Stevie continue as Raven tells him to fight like a man and not a piece of shit, tells him to kick Funk's old ass. Stevie tags Raven instead, but Raven tags right back and bails to the floor. Funk decks Stevie and slings him outside. Raven pulls Funk out and batters him as Tommy slugs away. Raven puts Funk on a table and then puts him through it with a plancha. Raven dumps Funk to the fans and drags him back inside, but Funk turns the tide. Tommy and Stevie are right near them, and they start brawling as well. After the break, Stevie is working over Funk with a chin lock. and hits a pile driver during a break that we saw. Raven tags in and gets two on a punch and keeps slugging away. They double-team Funk in the corner and push through an attack from Tommy. Joey and Rude remind us that Raven and Richards were two-time former tag champions of the past. Raven runs Funk into a table. Tommy comes in and tries to help, but gets wiped out again. Funk lies dead on the table shards. 
Stevie tries tags in and grabs a leg lace while Raven berates him and calls him an idiot. Tells him to tag me the fuck back in. Raven comes in and DDT's funk as Joey says Raven is jealous of Stevie. Raven hooks a spinning toe hold, but Tommy breaks it up and takes Raven outside. Stevie comes in and now he gets a spinning toe hold, but Raven pulls him off and barks at him. Stevie slaps him, so Raven DDTs him and goes to a spinning toe hold again, but Tommy comes in and rolls him up for two. Raven blocks a DDT and takes out the ref, but Tommy hits and covers, but there's no one there to count. Spicoli comes in and beats down Tommy, but Tommy hits a low blow. Raven then decks Tommy, but Funk hits him with a chair, slugs Spicoli. Spicoli scoops Funk into the DVD, but Stevie hits a Stevie kick on Louie and covers Funk to win the match. A big win for Stevie, who pins the mm-hmm. champion. Uh, kind of a weird match. It started sluggish, dominated by the angle with Raven yelling. Uh, but it got better as it went. The finish was good, too. Good way to put Spicoli in there and having Stevie survive Raven's abuse and pin the champion. We'll see if it gets him a title shot or not. Uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Two and three quarters, Matt, and the show. Yeah, I'm at two and a half on this. Uh, a very storyline heavy match, which I, I feel like when I saw that, you know, who the mystery partners were, I, I kind of expected it to be a mm-hmm. storyline heavy match. It's very similar to that tag match we saw like right before Barely Legal, I think it was. It was very similar to that where the first half was, you know, very much, you know, storyline based. Raven grabbing a microphone, talking, and then it eventually picked up in the second half. And I think once it picked up in the second half, it got really good. And I, I really enjoyed the the chaotic finish with Louie coming in and, you know, uh, Stevie hitting the uh, the super kick and uh, Stevie getting a pin on Funk is uh, massive for Stevie. So uh, good for him for that. So, uh, yeah, uh, it didn't make for the best in ring action, but I, I do think once it picked up, it did pick up pretty well. So uh, two and a half for me, Jenny. It's matches like this that make me feel like it's still my ACW because it's it's a main event with 17 storylines between the four guys. Um, blood, crowd brawling, um, a run-in, and a surprise ending. So, I don't know. I really liked all of this. I, I kind of love Stevie penning funk. I mean, it's it's interesting. In, in, a, in a show, you know, where we've had some interesting pins already. So I did two and three quarters on this one. All right. So our awards to wrap up this episode here. Uh, best match was that main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had um, the fuck it three. Spike. Taz Dudley. Okay. Yeah. No, I had that as worst match, but both were good. <laughs> well, both yeah. the same. Both were. I think I have the same grade on both. So, yep. Uh, best moment for me was the FBI on the ellipticals there. Two of the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Most 90s, I with the concept of selling out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. The Kathy Lee jokes. Yeah, the Kathy Lee joke, too. Stock rising, I went Taz and FBI. I would, I would throw I, on there. I would put Spike. <laughs> he loves Spike. I do love Spike. I didn't know I was going to do that. What the hell? I've been watching him all these years. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but I didn't know he could do that shit. Uh, I had him for stock falling since he took an ass kicking. No, he was amazing. <laughs> all right, final grade. I went five and a half out of ten. I feel like we slunk back down a bit uh, after the big bounce back. And this felt more in line with the episodes we saw right after Barely Legal. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I did the five and a half on this one, too. Uh, definite notch below the last episode. I don't know. I think I liked it more than you guys. I did six. Okay. All right, let's move ahead a week here to May 27th, 1997. We start with clips of Taz destroying two guys at once, including a nasty double Ooh. German that Rude calls an extreme menage a trois, mm. a violence, perhaps. <laughs> Taz destroys both guys and finishes with the Taz mission. Just a spectacle. Taz gets the mic and rants about being the baddest motherfucker in wrestling and gets a big pop. We then get our opening animation. Joey and Ruder in the nest welcome us to the Golden Dome in Pittsburgh. We get some talk about the suspension of Rob Van Dam. Rude says Sabu will be at the ECW Arena on June 7th to find out where he stands on things. Right now, though, he and, and uh, RVD are competing in Japan, and rumors say they're not too chummy at the moment. We then get clips again of Todd Gordon suspending RVD. We get footage of the long-running Dreamer Raven feud, including highlights from last week. And Joey says on June 7th, Terry Funk will defend his ECW world title against Stevie Richards. Nice. And Rude believes Stevie has what it takes. Uh, Jenny, any thoughts on this opening segment before we get to the long promo following it here? Uh, I liked it. You know, it was it was good to um, get us uh, situated on where we're going to be at in this episode. And I'm excited for that title match. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Stevie getting the world title shot at the next show makes perfect sense to me, considering what just happened in the last tag match, Stevie pinning Funk. So uh, a big spot for Stevie. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, uh, good on him. And uh, uh, Taz destroying people is always wildly entertaining. So. All right, we go backstage where Stevie Richards is waiting. He says he was born in Philadelphia. Grew up in Port Richmond, graduated from Central High School, and remembers that as soon as he finished his homework, he went to go see Arn Anderson and Telly Blanchard, defending against the Midnight Express on September 10th, 1988 at the Coliseum, and his favorite team won the belts, and it was that moment he knew he wanted to be a wrestler. All the pain and suffering of high school, the only time he felt good and fulfilled when he was part of wrestling. It was just instinctive. He thought he didn't want to just be a wrestler, he wanted to be a superstar that would be recognized by kids on the street. The first day he walked into wrestling school, he was told he didn't have what it takes. And that wasn't the first time he was told he couldn't do something, but he didn't listen. And he trained for years and prayed for a chance. He got that opportunity in 1995 when a man came along and offered to teach him. And he did, but he also abused him. He slapped him and spit on him and humiliated him. And he sold out. Not what you're used to, though. Not WF or WCW. He sold out right in front of everyone's eyes in ECW by having a man abuse him for two and a half years. Until he finally came up with an idea of his own, a symbol of his pain. And now he has the opportunity to end his pain. Raven will never end his own pain because Stevie doesn't want him to uh, think he wants to. Stevie wants nothing more than to put this all in the past and live a normal, fulfilling life. The only way to do that is to step inside the ECW arena on June 7th to become the world champion. The hometown kid would be mind boggling. He never gave himself the credit to think this day could come. And he gives Funk the credit and he admires him. And if he had a choice of mentors, he knew then what he knew now. He would have begged Funk to be it. But now he only does this to bring his admiration and respect. He brings a whole world of pain that he'll unleash. And he's going to pin him and fulfill his dream of becoming world champion in his hometown. Uh, I thought this was amazing. I thought it was a career promo from him. Um, I also thought it was an easy ticket seller if you're in this area debating going <laughs> to the show uh, to see it. Uh, you can give an audible mention to most 90s for Stevie's giant glasses. <laughs> I, I think they've kind of made a comeback these days, but at the time they were definitely uh, very mid-90s, the big glasses he had on. Uh, but uh, Matt, this was just a tremendous promo. 
yeah, uh, amazing, amazing stuff from Stevie here. Very serious, heartfelt promo. It, mm-hmm. It's a side of him that we don't see all that often, especially given he's in the BWO. So uh, it, it's good that, you know, he was able to do that and he's able to be serious, even though uh, he's he's, I guess, still loosely connected with the BWO. But I don't know. It feels like it's been a while since he's even been with Meany and uh, Nova. So. But uh, yeah, it just how he explains why he has to do this, you know, why he became a wrestler. It's just it's it's incredible stuff. And it's it's one of the best promos, I think, uh, for me, I've seen uh, during this. It's up there with some of Raven's best stuff. So which is uh, ironic, given that he was Raven's running buddy for years. So, yeah, just incredible stuff, Jenny. Awesome work by Stevie. Like, you can tell the influence Raven has had on him, the funk has had on him. Just in that promo, it was very Raven and very funk. Um, so interesting to see from him. I loved it. It He he, he did it perfectly. Like, he, he didn't even really stumble, you know? And you would think that there would be some moments where he might, but I thought he nailed it. Every everything was perfect. Blue World Order's in the shower. Blue Mini hypes up Stevie while Nova holds a hoop for Inchworm Rodman to pretend shoot on. <laughs> Nova starts to cut a Hulk promo, but Mini cuts him off and says Stevie won't be leaving the BWO behind when he wins a title. Gurner's in Hype Central. This is usual nonsense. He hypes up Saturday's show at the Trenton CYO Center. Takes some shots at Rude. We go to Styles of Rude in the nest, and Rude busts on Gertner's small penis, and Rude <laughs> says that he will be in Trenton, and he will slap Joel Gertner when he's there. Nice. All right, tag match time as the Dudleys take on Spike Dudley and Mikey Whipwreck. Is back what? There. Look at there. Minute. As usual, no feud, but he's here. <laughs> uh, Gertner rambles on doing his intro, taking shots at Marv Albert and Rick Rude. Bubba's back in action after the ankle injury, and he's teaming with Devon here again. Spike is ready to battle his brothers. He was abandoned when Bubba joined Devon. Mikey back from his knee injury. Spike has a chair, and he's angry. Bubba and Spike start. Bubba tosses him around right away with some big power throws. Spike takes a nasty face-first bump on the mat. Bubba grabs a full Nelson, but Spike breaks free and starts using his speed to throw strikes. Devon comes in and gets double-teamed at both Dudley's bail. Mikey launches Spike over the top rope onto Bubba, but he flies too hard over him to the floor. And then Mikey barrels into Devon with a great somersault plancha. Mikey starts to run through some offense, and Devon works the arm. Looking good on the knee. Looks like it's okay. Devon tags Bubba, and they hit a hard double clothesline, and then Bubba gets to work, but Mikey escapes and tags Spike, who takes down Bubba and drop kicks him in the head. Spike keeps Bubba off kilter, and he walks into a big sidewalk slam. The Dudleys start to quick tag and batter Spike, who keeps kicking out, as Rude calls him one of the toughest men he's seen. Bubba crunches him with a powerbomb and then slaps him around, but Spike comes back with a drop kick to both brothers and tags Mikey, who comes in and cleans house with a quick flurry on the Dudleys. Mikey hits a Piscato into Bubba on the floor, but Bubba turns the tide and bashes him with a nasty chair shot in the ring. Spike eats a 3D, and that is all she wrote. Mikey cleans house with a chair after until Big Dick comes in. He no-sells a chair shot and murders Mikey with a choke slam. A bunch of other wrestlers show up, but Dudley's cleaned them all out. Eventually, Balls emerge, uh, emerges, comes out, and unloads chair shots and even knocks Dick outside with three brutal ones, and the crowd is chanting his name. He has Gertner cornered, but the Dudleys make the save. 
Uh, and it's a pretty good little tag match. The Dudleys get to use their power to brutalize Spike. Spike and Mikey were as gritty as you'd expect. They kept coming and both looked good on offense. A fun flow as well. It kept chugging. A nice little underdog battle with a finish that made sense. And everyone ended up looking good. Uh, Jenny went two and three quarters. So that's a pretty good match. Well, um, Mikey's back. So that's mm-hmm. exciting for me. Uh, I saw it on the spreadsheet. I was like, holy shit. Yes. Um, super excited to see him with Spike, too. And Rick Rude knows what's up because he was talking up Spike that whole match. So he sees what I see, and we like it. Um, I love some classic Mikey offense um, with his little hip tosses, little arm drags. Uh, I love it. So I did three stars on this one, Mike. Matt. Well, you were close. Mike's my middle name. (laughs) A for effort. I know. That's all I said. Uh, of course, I, I knew exactly what you meant. Uh, <laughs> two, two and three quarters for me on this uh, super fun match. Uh, I loved Gertner's intro in the beginning saying uh, Bubba has the first star on the Dudleyville Walk of Fame. Just a great line from Gertner there. Uh, Spike getting thrown around the ring. I'm starting to think that's his thing where a, a, a large man or a powerful man just takes Spike Dudley and just throws him around the ring and it's it's wildly entertaining to see uh spike at one point dived over or dove would be the actual right way to say it over bubba and crashed to the floor uh (laughs) that looked rough uh uh spike and mikey are are a great team as it turns out they looked great so uh yeah uh, super fun match so uh two and three quarter for me are we calling them spiky spike (laughs) yes very good uh Poor Mikey did have a little ring rust, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Toss and spike halfway <laughs> across the fucking ring. Yeah, he freaking shocked him. <laughs> but then he made up for it by like that awesome dive. So I love him. I'm so happy he's back. Need more. All right, Joey Rude gets us up. They say Ball still has it when it comes in. Uh, or Balls are still in the ring. We cut to the ring and Ball says he drove from Jersey and no one wants to get in the ring with him. No one in this toughest organization in the world would do it. Joey Rude says he's giving everyone concussions, so no surprise. But he even says he'd offer $1,000 and no one would come out. Balls lays down his back and dares anyone to come and take him. Balls says there's one guy he wants, and there's something he can do to bring out the other person with big balls. So he holds up a beer, and right on cue, Sandman's music hits, and out he comes. Nice. Joey says in other promotions, there's millionaires crying about everything, missing their friends and wanting more money. But here, two guys are going to fight over a beer. And, of course, that brings us to our next match, and that is Sandman versus Balls Mahoney. Sandman has his usual long entrance through the crowd. His head's already bleeding from the beer can. <laughs> Root is working all sorts of balls puns, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. The can of Budweiser is officially on the line in this. Balls has his chair, and Sandman has his cane, and Root is thankful that WF and WCW, because he didn't have to wrestle here with all this junk. Sandman smacks Balls' shin with the cane, and then they duel with weapons until Balls caves his skull in with a chair. Balls leg drops the chair on Sandman's face, but only gets one. Balls jabs Sandman with the chair, puts it on his face, and comes off the middle rope with an elbow. Sandman is bleeding from the back of the head now, too, but he counters a backdrop with an awkward DDT. Balls comes right back and hammers away on the floor as Rude says it would have been cheaper just to buy a six-pack. Balls grinds the timekeeper's hammer into the cut on the back of Sandman's head. Balls shoots Sandman into the railing and lands on his head as well. Back inside, Balls grabs the cane, but Sandman ducks and hits the DDT and smashes Balls with the cane in the head and knocks him outside. Out come the Dudleys. They hammer away on Balls, who's bleeding now. 
Bubba crushes balls of the chair as Sandman leaps over the top and Kane's dick to save balls. The Dudleys <laughs> pummel him now as well. They head inside, and the Dudleys hit 3D on Sandman as Dick chokes Sandman's balls. Big Dick is choking balls, according to Rude. Dreamer comes out, and he cleans house on the Dudleys until Louis Piccoli comes in and wipes them out from behind. In comes Terry Funk from the fans. He takes out Louie to cheers. Stevie shows up. He helps Funk clear out the ring. Funk loads on Stevie, but Stevie plants him with a Stevie kick and stands tall to end the show. Fun match. Um, kind of tough to watch with all the brutal headshots with the chair. Uh, it's one of the toughest parts of the stretch, especially with balls in there. He's really gaining steam, though, uh, getting the crowd into him. Sandman did his crazy shit as always. We get a good post-match brawl to set up the big title match to give the crowd a flurry of their favorites at the end. Uh, so a fine brawl. A lot of balls unloading over Sandman with chair shots. <laughs> Two and a quarter Sorry. for me, Matt. Matt. Balls unloading over Sandman, huh? Mm. Wow. My goodness. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I enjoyed this uh, slop-ass bar fight, which is basically <laughs> what it was. I, I thought it was very entertaining for that. Uh, I really like how chaotic it got with everybody coming out and just the complete madness that ensued. Uh, I liked Stevie laying out Funk again. I thought that was really well done. Uh, you're right. Uh, the the uh, the head trauma that happens in all these Balls Mahoney matches uh, could be can be a bit much, but I mean it kind of comes with the territory. Uh, balls comes with the territory is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I went two and a quarter for the whole thing, Jenny. Two and a quarter. Wow. All those headshots were two and a quarter. Um, I could have gone two. I mean. Well, that's true. Well, I did two and a half. So. Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going four stars. On this ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. It has, a, it has a bunch of shit that I like. Um, I like the ball peen hammer spot a lot. Because mm. um, that's what you need. Balls and a hammer. Um. I thought that this is when I started to notice that I was enjoying Rick Rude and Joey together and mm-hmm. that it felt normal already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a note during this match for that because I thought it was very odd because it seemed to happen very quickly. And I wondered if I was alone in that or if you guys agreed. I, I've enjoyed them. I, I think it's been a good addition because it was what I was hoping was that mm-hmm. Rude is just like adding bullet points and right. not dominating the commentary. So it's still Joey doing all his work mm-hmm. and Rude is peppering in sound bites. Sometimes it almost feels like computerized, but um, I thought that too. I yeah. was like, are they doing this like live? Are they feeding this in? Like, is he reading these off of a script? No, I don't think so. I think it's just his delivery. I think um, so, But it, he definitely reads it more like highlight points than, like, yeah. conversational. But I think it works because it's not taken away from Joey. It's just he's yeah. just taking a, breathe, a breath and Rude just inserts joke or insight, and that's it. it it's like um, like a sports center highlight hmm. reel commentary, mm-hmm. sort of, is what it reminded me of. Which, I mean, is not bad. I like it. All right. Uh, best match on the night. I went with that uh, Dudley's versus Spike and Mikey. Yep. I think I did too. Yeah. All right. No, worst wait, match. I had a three. Yeah, that was it. Three. Okay. Worst match. I went balls and Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Best moment. I gave it to the Stevie promo. Yep. Yeah. Had to. Okay. Although Most... Mikey's returns way up there. Of course. Uh, most 90s besides Stevie's glasses I went with uh, Inchworm playing shower basketball Just that little hoop with the ball was like such a 90s thing. <laughs> oh, Everyone yeah. had it in the room 
as always, I have to go with just Balls Mahoney. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, stock rising. I went with Richards, the Dudleys, and Balls. And balls spy. are rising. Yeah. Uh, and stock I'm... falling. <laughs> and yeah. stock falling. I went with the Taz victims that we saw at the top of the show. Oh yep. no, the Taz victims. Final grade again. Uh, I found this to be kind of a middling episode. Neither match like really hit. They were fine. Uh, it just really feels like the hard reset still hasn't completely cleared up. Uh, and as we'll see, I think they were just hitting some like rocky terrain with the overall roster of where they're heading. So I went five out of ten on this one. I'm right there with you. Five out of ten. I don't know. I I was into this more than you guys for sure. I, <laughs> I did six and a half. Okay. Hey, that's fine. It was, it was a good episode. Just okay. a little lackluster. Let's get to our final one of the night, though. Let's see how we're going to close out. June 3rd, 1997. We open with Joey Styles telling us Stevie Richards has suffered a serious injury and ECW is now in disarray. Holy shit. We get our opening animation and Joey and Rude are in the nest. They say Stevie has been pulled from Saturday's main event due to a series of injuries piling up. Rude says he feels for him because he knows what it's like to have his realize his dream and have his career cut short by a neck injury. Stevie was on the verge of that dream come true with a teleshot in Philly. And if he ever does get in the ring again, he's going to be hungry. Chris Candido will take Stevie's slot and challenge Terry Funk on the show. Rude believes Candido has the upper hand and can do it, and so does Joey. Also at that show, the Eliminators will defend against the winners of the Dudleys versus Sandman and Mahoney, and Dreamer will have his final match with Raven. Can he finally pin him? And also, Taz will take on Sabu. And we have a suddenly loaded card for Wrestlepalooza 1997 mm-hmm. coming up this weekend, which we honestly have not heard much about at all uh, heading no. in here. So we get a ton of hype. Uh, we get highlights of Terry Funk battling Stevie as part of a four-way dance with Sam and Raven from a recent show. Stevie caused Raven being eliminated and then had a long battle at the end with Funk. He held his own but took a lot of offense. At one point, Stevie had four neck breakers in a row, but Funk stayed alive. Stevie eliminated Sandman, but Funk then slammed a guardrail on Stevie's neck in just a nasty spot. Stevie kept wrestling, even though Dreamer, Spicoli, and Raven interfered. We then jump around to other clips of Funk and Richards dealing with each other. It's kind of tough to follow the timeline, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that guardrail shot is what fucked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie talked about it when we interviewed him on the Place to Be podcast and stuff, but he uh, he definitely got crushed by that, and it would lead to some real bad neck injuries and surgery being needed for him. He's out for a, a bit, uh, in-ring-wise. Oh, that sucks. And uh, sorry to say, Jenny, he's also on his way out the door. Um so we're done with Stevie Richards. This is his exit. Uh, We don't see him. I don't don't believe again. I don't think he even comes back interstitially, right, Matt? I think he goes. I think he's done. I think he goes WCW, and then he's in WWF by 99. But he's not in in WCW that long either. No, like a couple months. It looks like he works the end. Oh, no, he does come back. Um. Very briefly, though. It's, like, only for a few matches. I don't know if we'll even see him. He's in WCW. All right, so he actually, he retires, basically. Um, Now his retirement after that attack. Uh, Comes back in August to WCW. Officially. He shows up in July on TV, but he signs a contract in August. Ends up leaving in November. So he's there briefly. He'll come back at the end of the year for a few matches. Works the indies for a while. And then joins full-time in August of 99 to WF, and he's there for a decade. So, yeah, I don't know if we'll see him again. 
isn't it amazing that he delivers that promo and then <laughs> that is it? Like, right. besides the clips that we saw of this fuck fest, but I, I mean, know. like, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's bizarre that they he got to this point, got this title match after all this, yeah, and then doesn't. Somebody get should do a what if on if Stevie Richards beats Funk for the title. <laughs> right. I don't know if he would have won or not, but he at least would have. I think had a really we good match. we we right. could book it where he did. Mm-hmm. But jeez, man, that. All right, well, I'm gonna be depressed the rest of the episode, but I guess we'll <laughs> finish it. All right, so Joey Rude talk about how Stevie and Funk have been tearing down the houses, and now his shot is long gone. We get a lot of Stevie pump up here. We get highlights of intense promo from last week. And uh, Joey and Rude push Chris Candido as a legit threat. Rude says Candido bites the big banana, and he wants a piece <laughs> of Tammy Whammy, but Candido is formidable and could do it. I mean, they go backstage. Candido's given some fake crocodile tears about Stevie's injury. He says his loss is Candido's gain. He's had a broken neck and a busted arm, too. And if he didn't come to ECW, there'd never been a pay-per-view. The doors would be closed, and no one cared that he missed it due to injury. Stevie just followed around that idiot Raven like a joke. He doesn't even belong in the title match. And he won't be. Candido will be. And he'll get the title shot he should have gotten at the pay-per-view. He made this place when it opened, and he came back to take it to new heights. He'll get Funk back from making him cry when he beat his grandfather, Popeye Chuck Richards, in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> he'll prove Funk is not the same man he was in 1975, and he beat Jack Briscoe, and that was a fluke, too. Candido's a former NWA champion. He beat three guys in one night. He's a former tag team champion in the WWF as well. And on Sunday, he'll show why he should be ECW champion. Uh, kind of the usual manic Candido promo, but a pretty good job. I mean, they had to microwave this thing quick to get us a Saturday, mm-hmm. so I thought they did a good enough job, Matt. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the grand scheme of all Chris Candido promos, uh, this was relatively tame, and I was able I was able to follow most of it on, until he started talking about Popeye Chuck Richards, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name was. Good lord, oh, Jesus. Uh, and the the other thing I'll mention about this promo is, and I think I've mentioned this before, but at one point they say that Chris Candido is only twenty five here, which is fucking that's wild. That's insane to me. When you think of everything, I mean, he's already been an NWA champion at this point. He's worked for Smoky Mountain. He's worked for WWF. It's that's fucking ridiculous. But uh, yes, the the usual uh, rambling fare from Candido, but uh, semi-coherent and easy to follow there, Jenny. Semi-coherent. I'll take it. Uh, You made me cry, Terry Funk. (laughs) Pop me. I don't know why. I guess because Terry cries in all his promos. Um, but yeah, I really liked it, and I mean, I don't, I think Stevie, Stevie was a definite more of a threat to Funk than Candido will be, but I don't know, I guess I'm in for this match. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Joey and Ruder in the nest, they talk about the hype for Taz Sabu, barely legal, where Taz chokes Sabu out, no excuses. After the match, Fonzie dumped Taz and had RVD and Sabu dump beat him down because he lost his bet. RVD had a stock rise, has appeared on Raw, been suspended without pay. And on Saturday night, we get a rematch of the century. It's been moved up. It was supposed to take place at Hardcore Heaven on pay-per-view, but they moved it to this weekend at Wrestlepalooza. Rude says Taz choked out Sabu, but it was no cakewalk. Sabu took him down and out, almost. But round two will be bloodier and worse, and neither knows what will happen. Taz is backstage. He says they'll go at it one more time. Last time was to see who was better, but both of them already know it was Taz before the match even started. He beat Sabu clean. He made him submit in the middle of the ring, and this time it'll happen again. He doesn't care about winning or losing. He just wants to choke out Sabu's scrawny ass. Taz made a stupid move asking for the handshake on 
But on Saturday, the only handshaking will be Sabu as he's choked out. It's ass-kicking time, and Fonzie's getting choked out, too, because he did Taz wrong. The point now is that Taz is hurting and busting up Sabu as he's damaged goods. He'll make He's maybe making fat paychecks in Japan, but if he showed loyalty to ECW, he could get paid here, too. He's going to respect the loyalty, and he'll have no breath left either after he's choked out. He calls Fonzie a coward, promises to lay both their bodies on top of each other, and just another fantastic promo, completely carrying this feud on the mic as he has been. And it looks like we're going to speed this match up to this weekend instead of hardcore heaven. So they clearly stumbled into something. I don't know if it's feeling this weekend show is light or if they changed directions to the pay-per-view and decided to just get this out of the way. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, Jenny, we're suddenly on the doorstep of Taz Sabu 2. After all that builds for the first one, uh, we are <laughs> hustling into the second one. Well, usually happens that way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say I kind of don't care, but like he's already beat Sabu. Sabu already moved on. He got he got his manager, and I don't know why we why we still fucking with it. Really, I mean, I don't. It's fine. It's great. Well, well Taz needs revenge on on uh, Alfonso. Uh, okay, but like. Hey, Fonzie better fucking die at this show. That's my only request. I don't care about Sabu and Taz anymore. I just want Fonzie to die. It's definitely a little weird that, you know, this is supposed to be at Hardcore Heaven, and then all of a sudden they move it to this show. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's... Even without Sabu, Taz, it is a pretty loaded show just from what they've mentioned. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why they would hotshot it after, you know, spending a year and a half building to the first one. All of a sudden, you know, six weeks later, we're going to do the rematch. So I wonder if, like, something came up with... We'll have to see if Sabu ends up being at Hardcore Heaven or not. I don't know. Like, maybe maybe something came up and he ended up having a conflict for that night. Or, again, maybe they just decided on, like, a different... Just a different feud or storyline and just wanted to pivot off of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely weird, and I mean, this is the usual uh, super intense, angry Taz promo, so it's always it's always great. And uh, he says he's going to choke Fonzie out, so I mean, there there is hope, Jenny, that he may yes. kill, he may actually kill the man on June seventh. So fingers crossed. Joey Ruder in the nest. They announced that Barely Legal will be available on VHS at the arena or via phone this weekend. Full results on the Extreme Hotline as soon as the show ends as well for us at Palooza. A lot of hype here. Rude says they'll be eating France, uh, Francine's Cracker Jacks and get a great prize as well. <laughs> Joey and Rude are in the nest. Joey says RVD is hooked up with Jerry Lawler in WWF. And Rude wants to rip King's head off and shit down his throat. So not a fan of King. <laughs> wow. We then get our main event. It's a big one. It's a six-man tag. Taz teaming with the Eliminators to take on Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Devon Dudley. We start with Eliminators hitting stereo sidekicks on Dick and Taz taking him out with a German. Chaos at ringside as Candido's out there pacing around as well as Gertner and the other Dudleys. Joey knows that this was before RVD suspension. And I think you could, because of Candido and Sling, obviously tells us it's a little bit, you know, before current time. Also no Bubba. He probably had his ankle injury. So maybe a little bit of an aged match here. Joey knows that Candido had a torn bicep, was supposed to be in this match at the time. Devon works over Saturn with strikes, as Joey says Devon is legit a disgruntled former postal worker. Devon has a middle rope leg drop, as Rude says Saturn looks more like Uranus now. Gertner's <laughs> eating fried chicken as he walks around the ring. Saturn makes his comeback and wipes out Devon with a roundhouse kick. Sabu blind tags, hits him with a clothesline. Sabu slugs away, mixing in punches and a clothesline, but Sabu comes back with a powerbomb and tags Cronus. 
Sabu drop kicks the knee as he comes in and gets two on a springboard leg drop. Cronus comes hammering back, but knocks Sabu to the corner. RVD tags. Cronus batters him at two, tags in Taz, who kicks away, but RVD battles back and gets a somersault splash. For two, RVD is to get a split leg sunset flip for two, but Taz catches him, throws him with an overhead German Tazplex. Sabu comes in and stalks Taz, but Devon sneaks in and sucker punches him and triggers a big brawl with all six men. A lot of chaos at ringside, too. In the ring, Saturn cuts off a Sabu triple jump, slams him and goes for a big elbow off the top, but RVD drop kicks him on the way down in a great spot. RVD gets a somersault plancha onto Taz outside as Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault on Saturn, but Cronus makes a save. Sabu slams Cronus and hits a springboard somersault leg drop, but now Saturn saves. The elevator is battled back and worked through some double team strikes on Sabu, but Devon uh, and Devon, but Dick comes in as a double choke slam. Candido comes in and smashes Dick with a crutch and then he crumbles down. Sabu flies over the top and puts someone through a table. Sabu and Taz again end up together, uh, but Devon gets in the way. Taz wipes him out, and Sabu and Taz throw it down to a pop. Sabu counters with a Taz plex with a low blow, and then it's his own T-bone, but Taz no-sells and hits a T-bone to wipe out Sabu. Devon takes out Taz, leading to another big brawl in and out of the ring. Taz hooks a Taz mission on Devon, but Sabu makes a save. And the eliminators hit total elimination on Devon and win, at, uh, win the match. Pretty good uh, outing here. Lots of chaos and big spots. RVD looks super sharp out there. Mm-hmm. The eliminators are on point, as always. We get a taste of Taz and Sabu with more to come. Everyone's dialed in right now. A good showcase match. Uh, Matt, I went three and a quarter. I wonder if they ended up doubling back and showing this because they hot-shotted Taz and Sabu up and wanted to show mm-hmm. more of their interaction. It just felt like they pulled it from the archive a bit, but it still ended up being a really fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Candido still being in the sling <laughs> at ringside, you could definitely tell it was a match that was probably uh, taped quite a while ago. But uh, okay. I, I, I think you're right in that uh, they did this because of Taz and Sabu, because they had to, you know, move that match to a couple, you know, with like two weeks notice, all of a sudden yeah. we're doing Taz and Sabu. So that makes perfect sense. Uh, I really like this match. Uh, just a super fast match, nonstop action, just great stuff. Uh uh, Devon clearly only there to eat the pin, which makes per and he did. So good on Devon. Uh, I thought Taz and the Eliminators worked really well together. Uh, I'd like to see more uh, six man tags with the the three of them teaming with each other. Yeah, this this was uh, really good shit. So I actually went three and a half on this, Jenny. I'm so glad that you guys said that because my first question was I thought RVD was <laughs> yes. So how the fuck is he wrestling? So. Yeah, clearly taped before uh, between the sling and RVD wrestling and all that. Alrighty. So um, Sabu's wearing yellow and green, uh, but Saturn is amazing. I love Saturn in this match. I love RVD in this match. As sloppy as I felt like he looked uh, in a match that was actually after this one. Um <laughs> he was super sharp in this. Um, everybody, like you said, was on point on their shit. Um, Taz and RVD have a great sequence. Um, the Eliminators are just amazing. And I, I love their chemistry with Taz, too. Uh, freaking awesome match. I did three and three-quarter uh, stars. Okay, well, yeah, you're all in on it. Yep. Really good stuff. Um, all right. We get an ECW Hardcore Heaven 97 teaser live on pay-per-view August 17th. Joey Ruder and the Nest, they say either Tommy Dreamer or Raven may headline, but not both because this is their last match together. Rude says Dreamer always kicks Raven's ass but can never finish him off. This time, can he drive the stake through his heart? We get a lengthy video about the feud, uh, including past matches and fights. It really feels like an end of the era coming here. 
We see Raven in a classroom. It has I Hate Dreamer written on the chalkboard. <laughs> we then get the Dreamer backstage. On Saturday night, the feud and lifelong hatred comes to an end. We see Raven on a stairwell. He says Tommy couldn't beat him in Philly, Florida, Tokyo, and New York. And we get clips of each as he talks. Tommy says there's been too much pain, bloodshed, and victims. And Saturday, he runs Raven out of ECW. And that will be Raven's burden. Raven says, quote, the Raven. And then we get an overlay of both men saying, nevermore. So this came out of nowhere. Again, but it looks like we have a sudden change in the future of ECW coming as a feud that's driven the promotion for the last two and a half years. Looks like it's coming to an end, Jenny. I, I just don't believe that. So I, I, I don't have any um, big emotions about it because I feel like it's not going to be their last match. So I could be wrong about that. Am I wrong about that? We'll see. Oh, come on. <laughs> I need to know if I need to be sad or not. Well, you'll find out. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, uh, I, I thought this was really well done. Uh, Raven doing his best Bart Simpson impression was great. <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we're going to see what's going to happen. Two and a half years of uh, pain, anguish on both sides. Uh, this is all Raven has left. So, you know, he's going to be extra motivated for it. The only thing he has left in ECW is that Tommy Dreamer mm-hmm. has never, never beaten him. So it makes sense that they're running this match back again. So we'll see how it goes. I am very excited for it. Do you think that? I don't know. I just wish Stevie could have had this sort of spot, too, with Raven. Mm-hmm. Stevie yep. deserved uh, an ending with Raven. Yeah, it does. It does feel blue balled on the story of yeah, Steve Richards. That ECW. makes me really sad. I forgot I was depressed about that. So. <laughs> All right. Tough night. Uh, tough yep. ending. We'll see Thanks. what Palooza brings, though, uh, in a couple weeks. All right. Best match of the night, obviously, was that six-man main. Yep. yep. It was the only match, so we didn't have a worse match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best moment, I went with Taz's promo. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I don't know. I really like that video package at the end. Yeah, that was good, too. Yeah. Most 90s, I went with the, the injury and rebooking chaos of 1997. Like, that whole year in wrestling is filled with insanity of last-minute <laughs> car changes, injuries, who's quitting, who's going where. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that feels, like, very heavy over this episode. Yeah, it does. Yep. Stock rising, I went Candido, Taz, and RVD. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everybody that I would have. Well, stock falling, I went Richards and possibly Aww. Raven, given how we're headed. So we'll see. Right. Uh, what? Uh, final grade. I, I originally had this at five and a half. I bumped it as we talked about that match because it was really, really good. Uh, so I went six out of ten. So, you know, we, we finished on a solid note. It's, it's been a solid stretch of TV since barely legal, but no great weeks just yet. So we'll see if those are coming. You finish on a solid note. <laughs> uh, I'm going to finish, sadly, at 6 out of 10. Yeah, I I, I went for the uh, 6 out of 10 on this, too, on the strength of the main event. Okay. All right, that's it. We'll be back in two weeks' time with the next three weeks of ECW television. It'll be a big three weeks following Wrestlepalooza 97. And as we ramp toward Hardcore Heaven, be sure to check out everything we have offer here on our family of network feeds. 
North South Connection Podcast Network. You're listening to here has great content each and every day. Also features the Jenny Position Wednesdays. Jenny, those are your shows that drop uh, every single week on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Running the gamut. We also have Place Nation Wrestling Feed. We have the Place Nation Pop Experience. Subscribe, share, socialize. We uh, appreciate all of that you give to us as fans. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Stay extreme. Talk to you soon.